0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen.
1: Hey, welcome to the show. It's March 24th. I thought my voice was going to be better today, dang it. Um... And uh, it's a Tuesday, and that means my sister Susan should be on the line. Hi, Suze. Hi. In a much more decent hour, may I say, now that I'm back in the Midwest. Yeah, I'm glad. Hey, I've got – let me see if I can get this up here. I think this is really important. So I just want to share this, first of all, because a lot of people are concerned that they can't get testing when they need it. And here, this just – this is wonderful. Here it is. For the average American, the best way to tell if you have COVID 19 is to cough in a rich person's face and wait for their test results. <laughs> <laughs> professional, professional athletes, in particular. Right, whatever. Because. I just, I mean, you know, like Rand Paul, who said he wasn't showing any symptoms, but he thought he should maybe get tested anyway, so he gets tested. I'm thinking, well, you had no symptoms, you got tested. Um, how the hell does that work? That doesn't work. Well, and meanwhile, that. you and I have a um, a cousin who is in quarantine because um, he tested positive, and the only reason he was tested. Is because he demanded. I mean, he wouldn't leave. He happens to be six six. He's a very big kid. He had been a week oh. with another kid with that tested positive. Oh. He was about to get on a plane to go to California, and he goes to his university university health center and said, "Someone's got to test me. You can't. I can't get on an airplane. I might kill a a gazillion people." And, is he in but, Pennsylvania is he in, he's Pennsylvania? in Pennsylvania yes oh,
2: he is. and okay. um
1: and and so um th- oh. they they test him and then it comes back uh he's they take him to the hospital, they throw him in a room there everybody's oh, my you God. know one what happens is when you do test positive, everybody gets mad at you apparently and then and then he gets he has now been in isolation in empty graduate student housing. And no one even brought him his clothes for three days. He's just been stuck there. Oh. He, he's probably got about another week left. But he's not horribly ill. You know, the last time I heard, he had no symptoms. Oh, for God's sake! Well, thank God for that. Then. I'm thank God work. for that. But I mean, you know, who knows? Oh, yeah. And, and and the thing well, is, is, is that believe- without this, without this young man behaving responsibly. Yeah. He He would would have have been infecting people left and right. A whole airplane full and a whole airport full, yes. Okay, so here's oh, God, here's the thing. And I said this two weeks ago. Assume that everyone you come in contact with has it. Assume that you have it. And that's the way you behave. You stay that far away from everybody. That is what you have to do. Because a lot of people are asymptomatic. And now there's this new symptom, although it sometimes comes on after other symptoms have, which is you lose your sense of smell and then you lose your sense of taste. Which is of very little use to older people who already already have have that. That's right. But if you normally have a fine sense of smell, as do I, if all of a sudden I can't smell, that's a clear Sign. So that's just another thing to be um, aware of. Just saying. Uh, Hey, golden oldies. I was looking through um, some of my tweets, and um, this was uh, from February 1. Secretary of Commerce Wilbur Ross says coronavirus will be good for Americans. Quote, I think it will help to accelerate the return of jobs to North America. Oh, for heaven's sake, see there you go, Just reminding you of the geniuses um around uh donald donald trump right right and i would like to I would like to just uh point out one other horrifying thing that has happened uh since this began, and that's that the Cuomo brothers are stealing our act <laughs> well, they can have it they're doing very well <laughs> um- r- really uh you know Governor Cuomo who I know has a reputation for being a total jerk, is really amazing. Doing a top right job. Amazing. And would that he were our president, because we've got a president. And let's just say this right off the bat, because I think it's it's pretty clear that this guy is – we know him. We've come to know him, Right. So this new stuff with him saying, uh, you know, a week from uh, next Monday, he's going to, like, say, uh, we're going to ease some of these restrictions. This uh, this social distancing ain't working. Well, no, proving yet again that the only worse than being dead is being broke. Right. For them, losing money is the biggest issue always. So here's I mean. What's amazing, though, what really is driving this for him? I suspect is not well. It's his money, and his pal's money, but it's he's getting antsy. He hasn't been able to go to Mar-a-Lago. He gets stuck. He can't haven't played golf. Have play golf. He is friggin' stuck. He all of a sudden can't do what he wants to do. And he is not going to rise to this challenge. He has taken over the... Uh, well, what was the, your the, first clue? <laughs> yeah, he has taken over the briefings. Yesterday's briefing apparently lasted two hours. Right, two and Fauci hours. is not around because... And Fauci the, is not to be seen. No, but Andrew? I'll tell you what yeah. I noticed about that briefing. Um, and I still do Well, I watched part of it before right. I crawled out of the room. But here's what I was watching, um, because I I can't I I can't listen to anything he says. So I was fascinated by the woman to his camera right, uh, behind him. Uh, first of all, I didn't know who she was, but second of all,
0: she that's had a doctor. Is that the doctor? An, that's uh, the that doctor? That's Maybe that's it was a the doctor.
1: doctor. That's the doctor. Okay. Yeah. She had on. She is the longest-waisted woman I've ever seen in my whole life. Susan, is that really what you are paying attention? Well, George, yes. sure. can you listen to him? She had on a three-inch-wide belt, and there was still at least ten inches between the belt and the bottom of her boobs.
0: Susan. I was fascinated.
1: Totally fascinated. I, I even remarked to Mother about it. I said, is that not the longest-waisted woman you've ever seen in your whole life? <laughs> Well, I'll have to check her out next time I see her. But, yeah, uh, I'm just pointing out. No, that's out. not the kind of, so you're still, well, that's interesting. I, I, oh, God. Well, my my mind is benumbed to our president. I mean, I'm not going to listen to anything he says. Well, then you shouldn't have that on. I have told everybody, don't listen. You can get the news of it later, so you well, don't have right. to subject it, it, it yourself. Well, that's It was accidental. I didn't know that he had taken over the airwaves again. I merely turned on the television and the news them. he came on when the news comes on and what ended up happening is the news uh the networks actually ended up cut with, away uh, cutting away <laughs> because they weren't going to carry 2 hours of his doing a uh, a rally and spreading uh misinformation. Spreading misinformation I mean you see what his spreading misinformation did to this couple that now are once oh. dead but um, Lynn Lynn, do you know that? Because I was just, I, I, you know, catching up with my thousands of newspapers this morning, I was reading the comments to an article about that, and the, um, and all of these Trump supporters are terribly offended that it would be suggested that it was Trump's fault that an idiot would listen <laughs> would listen to their president yeah and do that so i i mean you know you know me so i couldn't help it i i just asked the question i said i'm i'm not sure i understand are you the trump supporters that understand that you are not to believe anything that comes out of your president's <laughs> mouth or are you the trump supporters that make fun of the people who do well there but they okay but their um repost would be the president was talking about um a drug called uh, chloroquine right which is well, used to treat Well did you listen to malaria. that conference cuz he and, called it four different things in the course of that Well I'm conference. sure he did cuz it's a it's a multisyllable word but th- this woman god bless her looks around, and she says, oh, my God, chloroquine. Here, here it is. It's in my fish tank cleaner. Uh, it's, one of the, it's one of the things in the thing I use to clean my fish tank. So she mixed it up, gave her husband a teaspoon. She took a teaspoon. He's dead. She's almost dead. Um, she never would have done that if he hadn't been out there, oh, you know, not. talking Now, this on the stuff. other hand, we could have we could have just picked up malarial drug and done what my son did and go out and buy some tonic water cuz it's filled with quinine <laughs> oh, that's the name tonic he says when do you think there's going to be a run on quinine he said i'm getting mine now well don't start this susan <laughs> nobody is suggesting that don't Even well, it tastes a whole lot better than fish tank cleaner. I'm just saying. Well, let's not. And it's called tonic because in the malarial days of India, they the the Brits, the invaders, sat there with their gin and quote tonic, quinine Uh water. Okay. So that Susan, you're gonna, you can't (laughs) do this. No, I'm serious. (laughs) Okay, I won't do it. I'm I'm joking. I disclaimer. Okay. I, as my sister has told you for the last twenty years, am a bullshitter. Yeah, but this is no time for bullshitting because I really don't, um, don't. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, I want to do a, um, a, a a correction. Uh, yesterday, I said that you know these. We've already forgotten these senators who did the insider trading. You know because the news just came, just keeps changing, um, and. I wanted to make sure that people knew it wasn't just these republic, these two Republicans. No, no, it was, it was Feinstein, Feinstein too. too. But then uh-huh. here, somebody, Ed, sent me this. And I'm because I haven't heard anything more about Feinstein. And he said, um, Senator Feinstein, Steinstein, Steinstein, had her money in a blind trust. So that is not considered to have. Been, you know, insider trading like the two Republicans because she, but that, but that still suggests that someone who's in charge of her blind, somebody made a call. It still sounds like (laughs) somebody made a call, somebody knew something. That's all I'm saying, but um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, You know, let me let's make it clear having your money in a blind trust means the following. That you don't know in what it is invested, and that you don't know when and how t- trades are timed, and you, and period. But you do know who is managing it. You do know where it is. So there's nothing to stop you from saying, eh, "I'd sell now." Mm-hmm. That's right. So we don't know. Um, okay. I remembered a story that I think I'm, is... Okay, it, I'm it, just it, saying the blind trust stuff is a red herring. You listen with intelligence. Okay, go ahead. I am totally, um, you know, changing the subject to the way we all sort of feel now, which is, dear God, please, can this be over? Can we get our lives back? And, you know, the, the it's not... It's not comforting to hear that it might be a year, you know, that it might be 18 months, that, you know, who knows. And and coming to terms with that is really really hard. And it reminded me of a cute story. <laughs> Why well, would remind me of a cute story? Thank God it did. Um of another of our relatives, um <clears throat> our nephew, uh our brother's youngest Who I'm remembering, he would have been about uh, three, and um, this is in the day when, of course, little kids would put in um, uh, what were those called Uh, DVDs or were they then like yeah yeah videotapes probably videotape right? They would put in videotape, and um, they had a sense of you know putting it in and playing it and rewinding it and stuff like that and i can't remember what was happening to blue take your bone somewhere else I, <laughs> god um um okay the, so he was blue uh, <laughs> he was having a bad day our our little nephew He was having a really bad day things were not going as he wanted i don't know what it was but he was he was in a state He was crying. He wanted help. And here's what he said. Mommy! Mommy! Fast forward! Fast forward! (laughs) I don't remember that. Is that not the best? Well, it's better than get me out of here. (laughs) No, because... He sort of was hoping that you could do that in you, life. You, yeah, you yeah. Could yeah. I mean, skip. Can we just skip this? Let's get into something else. Please fast forward. Fast forward. And I have been thinking of that over and over. I find myself saying, "Fast forward. Fast forward. Please." So there you go. Yeah, I know, it. but then we're in the dilemma of wishing our lives away. So I'm just trying to you know i'm trying to have to to figure out a way to uh capitalize on this so I've got a a one of the one of the silver linings to being stuck in your house if you're someone like me is that um all your all of your friends that live elsewhere now suddenly yeah. are out of touch with each other as much as they're out of touch with you. So now we're all in the same boat. So I wrote um, one of my group of women friends in Saint, back in St. Louis and said, well, now none of us can make lunch. How about a virtual lunch date on Thursday at noon? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so we're having, we're just, you know, timing each other and sitting down and having our lunch and, you know, getting together. And, a lot, and, and I talked to my uh my sister-in-law and her husband who was nursing a hangover because they had a virtual cocktail party the night before. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank God, you know, imagine if we didn't have, you know, I'm always squawking about technology and the internet and all that shit, but thank God uh, we do have this. This allows us uh, some measure of being together. Oh, Barbara, thank you. Um, uh, the woman you saw, Susan, Barbara sent me this, is um, Deborah Burks, Birx, B-I-R-X. Yeah. And um, I have noticed her clothes because she's very well-dressed. Um, and it uh, Barbara sent me a thing saying, Deborah Burks is the maternal fashion icon uh, America needs now. But I'm looking for a full-length picture, and they're only giving me her head. Oh, wait, here's one. Oh, was she wearing a white? um, It was well. It was. It looked like a shirtwaist dressed with a, probably about a three-inch. Um, well, I have one with her silver belt. Yes, I have. I have a picture of that. And really, you think that that is okay? On TV, it, she looked very long. I'm just telling you. I, you know. <laughs> okay. Long and I, you know, and the- I broke it. I broke it to our mother yesterday that she wasn't going to get a haircut anytime soon. Yeah, that's right. She'll finally have long hair again. I offered her to put it. I offered to put it in a ponytail, and she got very wide-eyed. She said, "That isn't going to happen. It'll bring be spring soon, and I'll have so and so over to cut my hair in the backyard. No. I'll put on a mask." And I said, "No, see. no, that's what I well." Sh- We are two weeks at a time. (laughs) Big deal. No one is seeing us. I mean, really, I I haven't had a drop of makeup on, and I can't tell you how. I know. And, I mean, no underwear time. You know, you don't have to put on a bra. You don't. I just, you know, there are a lot of good things about those guys. (laughs) Yeah, you look on the bright side, Um, I guess. Sometimes I do. Uh, other times, you I'm, can lie around and not be accused of being lazy. Yeah, that's true. But I still have that voice in my head that tells me you're being lazy. You know, there's things to do. Where did we get that? Because I, I mean, I just constantly berating myself. I you know, I don't know, because um, I always I'm always astonished that people have no guilt about. Um, and this is before in our in the the world as we knew it, um, would sit and watch TV and, and do nothing. And, 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 and I thought, geez, how can you do that? Because I always had to be doing something else because it's just not enough. You can't just sit there. And I, you know, I don't know. I'm also, I don't know where that came from, but obviously we some somehow got inculcated with, uh, you can't, relax or play without guilt without guilt, <laughs> without guilt. it certainly Jesus, doesn't stop an awful so thing so here's the thing it certainly doesn't stop me i just sort of don't no, feel guilty slightly. Yeah. yeah right right absolutely <laughs> Maybe we're just oh, jewish <laughs> i don't know that necessarily that's jewish i'm not sure uh, well, I do think hurt- it's why I wasn't worried about toilet paper because I always stack up on toilet paper. All right. Well, you're also in Green Bay, Wisconsin, where it's made—the toilet paper capital of the capital world. Capital of the right? world. Yeah. So, um, in case anyone didn't know, the uh, the Summer Olympics has been postponed for a year. There it goes. I also want to point out um, that something, you know, some things that. Uh, that remain the same, that just seem absurd are, um, I get, uh, the local TV station here. One of them has a traffic report during, you know, rush hours. They still have a traffic report. Right. And they, so on my, on my phone comes up the picture there's always pictures of various, you know, where there's congested areas. And, um, and they're still running them, and they look so absurd because they—I mean—they still have the same tone. Uh, traffic is moving uh, fine on, you know, this, that, and the other thing, and you see one car, and I'm thinking, doesn't anyone there realize how stupid this looks? Here, I'm looking at one; it has one hey, car. That traffic it. reporter still has a job, Lynn. You know? Okay. But seriously, I know, but they can ever do something else. Traffic continuing to move well through the southern beltway on i seventy nine and there's my picture yeah and 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 they keep these things coming. It just seems laughable to me. Um, shall we uh talk at all about the oh wait, we got a caller, let's go to the caller first um. Hello, caller. Hello, Lynn. It's Dave from Washington. Dave from Washington. Hi.
0: Hi there. Hey, I got a little story to tell you about sitting around the house all day doing nothing. Okay. Um, First off, I'm 60-some years old. I'm a single guy. I'm a college graduate. But uh, being a single guy, I was allowed to do whatever I want. I didn't have anybody to worry about. So, you know, I have a good job up in New York. I drop it. Uh, just like that, I moved to Arizona. I have a good job in Arizona. Just like that, I drop it. I moved to Florida. I don't know if you remember all these things. But
1: I, I sort, sort of vaguely play. do remember you yeah. were a nomadic type, yeah.
0: Dave by the sea and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> anyway, so, so you know, while I had a great deal of fun, um, it really was not good for my career, yeah. which is okay because, again, I'm a single guy. What the hell do I care Um, I moved back to Pittsburgh in 2007, decided, okay, I'm getting old. I'm almost 50 now. I better settle down because I don't really have anything set for once I get older. So I grew up and I matured. And then the recession hit. (laughs) And being an old guy, I was screwed blue. Nobody was, they weren't hiring to begin with. And they certainly weren't hiring old guys.
1: I remember uh, your unemployed period, yeah.
0: Oh, good Lord, yeah. yeah. I kind of lived off my dad and everything, and I said, okay, here's the thing. I'm, because I had a support network behind me, I was not worried about homelessness or anything like that. Not because of mm-hmm. me, but because of my my dad primarily. But I also said, I'm not working. I'm not doing anything. I am not going to go out and have fun. I'm going to stay home and send out <laughs> resumes and do all this shit, and look for a job, and I'm not going to go out and do anything and spend money that I'm, that I'm not bringing in. Um, and it got to the point where I would go to the grocery store three or four times a week just to have human contact, just to talk to people. Because otherwise, I was turning into a fucking cat. All I had were my two cats. And I was meowing more than I was speaking English. So I had to go to the grocery store. So now, okay, and then I also no. said to myself... Then I said, you know, screw this. Uh, you know, capitalism is wonderful and fine uh, until it doesn't work. Uh, and that's when I decided I'm going to get a state job. Yeah, I'm going to find a state job because two things, you, you, whether it's a great recession or, as it turns out, a pandemic, no matter how bad the economy gets, you don't lose those jobs. They don't lay you off because the economy goes bad. Um, plus, it's a union job. That also helps. Um, And so I've been working for the state for the past 10 years, never, ever dreaming that this was going to happen. (laughs) Right. Right. And yet now it's happened. And even though I'm gainfully employed and actually have income, I'm doing what I was doing 10 years ago, which is sitting at home talking to my cat. Uh,
1: (laughs) But wait. No, the more things change. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And
0: the thing is, I'm really good at it, and I like it. I like, um, I'm looking forward to getting back to work. You know, I'm a little antsy. Uh, I do feel kind of bad sitting here, you know, being paid to sit at home. Yeah. But it's not my fault.
1: No. no. Boy, are you not Jewish. (laughs) There's no guilt.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah,
1: I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, No, well, so. you don't mind. So you're not a, but you are a sociable soul. I mean, yes,
0: I am. Um, yeah, uh, I can tell. I, you're a... I used to be. I used to be on Facebook and all that stuff, and I, I got off of that. I love having an audience. I had a yes. blog before there were blogs, I had a website that had over a million hits at one time. Um, wow. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, I'm a sociable guy, but at the same time, I hate everybody, and they just piss me off. So I don't really mind like <laughs> sitting at home and doing nothing all the time. I've read a couple <laughs> of books. I've got a whole bunch of guitars. I play my guitars. Yeah. Um, I've cleaned my house for the first time in, in who's, since
1: who knows when. I finally but- started clean. I hate to clean. I finally, I'm going to do one room every other day. Well, <laughs> I can't stand it.
0: Yeah, that's kind of it. You know, um, I clean my kitchen. <laughs> I clean my bathroom, which I never do.
1: Yeah, that's what I bathroom. did. Yeah.
0: I used to clean my bathroom every year on Super Bowl Sunday, whether it needed it or not. <laughs> it was the only day of the year I cleaned my bathroom. <laughs> that was a long, long time ago. Uh, uh, but,
1: uh, well, you know but, what you realize? You know what you realize? You realize for a lot of us, this is not true of some people. For a lot of us, the only reason we cleaned it all was because people were coming to see our house.
0: Exactly. It so you would... Were... My bathroom is dirty. What? So what? I'm the only one who goes in there. Me and the cat. I know. <laughs> you know. I don't invite anybody over. It's a good reason. You know, hey, you can't come over to my house. My bathroom is just filthy. I'm sorry. You can't come
1: over. <laughs> it's but, true.
0: Uh, ten years ago, ten years ago, again, never knowing that something like this was going to well, come Well, you're up. a
1: smart guy. You're a survivor. I, what can I, I say? I,
0: I did myself well.
1: Yes, you did. And so. and, and you... You call again because you you you're funny.
0: <laughs> Real quick, just before I leave, just like I emailed you the other day. Twenty uh, first century, man, this thing has been fucked up. We started yeah. with nine eleven, <laughs> and then we got you know we had the Bush years, we had the Afghanistan Iraq debacle, we had the Great Recession, then we get Trump, and now we've got this.
1: Yeah, I was about, I was gonna say for all those people that think it couldn't get worse for Trump, yeah, it could. Trump oh, with geez. coronavirus. This is oh worse. god.
0: Okay. It's, it's, man, give me Got-
1: the 90s. I want the 90s again.
0: Give me back the 90s. Right. <laughs> Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you later,
1: Lynn. Yeah, you call Bye. again. You made a lot of people laugh. That's okay, good. My- I don't know about the 90s, though. i take wrong. anything. <laughs> Come on, I'd take anything. You, um, you know, I was thinking about... Um, one of my things has always been stress eating and um, and there are two ways people respond to stress with food. I think, well, maybe some people, it doesn't change anything in their relationship to food, but some of us take comfort. That's where the, yeah, the term comfort food comes from, right? That you, you just want something that makes you feel good, that, you know spawns good memories and 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 also you just keep wanting more and more <laughs> that there's not enough and so a lot of people I think, are going to come out of this, if they do, sort of fat then there's the other people whose stress makes them lose their appetites, and I think when this is over we're going to be a a country of either very fat or very skinny people and with a few in between, don't you think? I think. <laughs> no. I think it's a possibility. Um, okay, can we take something serious for just a second? Seriously, yes. Uh, no. I think serious. Can we take okay, something perfect. that is serious? Yes. Yes, if I can find it. Um, this came to me from Sally Wigan, um, and I mean this is serious. Can you guys handle serious? Can I read it to you? <laughs> sure. All right. It's not. It's it. It's from a doctor, and um, it's from a doctor who is on the front lines and his name is Josh Lerner and he wrote this after he found out that the Center for Disease Control uh, has loosened its guidelines for the people on the front lines because they can't protect them because they don't have the personal protective equipment they should have. And so they said, "Well, so you make do with uh, one mask, uh, blah blah blah." And he wrote in his rage, he wrote this. I wanna, I wanna read it. Um, in one of the most vivid scenes in the HBO miniseries Chernobyl, did you see that? By the way, no, I haven't. Anyone watched. who hasn't watched it, you can watch it during this. Uh, you know hiatus we're all taking. It is one of the best series I've ever seen. Okay, and, one, and, and it's about another horrific thing that was badly uh, handled by the government of the Soviet Union, which potentially endangered the entire world. It had a better outcome in that regard. Okay, so he says, in one of the most vivid scenes in the HBO miniseries Chernobyl, Soldiers dressed in leather smocks run out into radioactive areas to literally shovel radioactive material. Horrifically underprotected, they suited up anyway. In another scene, soldiers fashioned genital protection from scrap metal out of desperation while being sent to other hazardous areas. Then uh, the doctor says, please don't tell me that in the richest country in the world in the 21st century, I'm supposed to work in a fictionalized Soviet era disaster zone and fashion my own face mask out of cloth because other Americans hoard supplies for personal use and so-called leaders sit around in meetings, hearing themselves talk. I ran to a bedside the other day to intubate a crashing, likely COVID patient. Two respiratory therapists and two nurses were already at the bedside. That is five N95 masks, five gowns, five face shields, and 10 gloves for one patient at one time. I saw probably 15 to 20 patients that shift. If we are going to start rationing supplies, what percentage should I wear precautions for? Make no mistake, the CDC is loosening these guidelines because our country is woefully unprepared. Loosening guidelines increases health care workers' risk, but the decision is done to allow us to keep working, not to keep us safe. It is done for the public's benefit, so I can continue to work no matter the personal cost to me or my family. Sending healthcare workers in the front line asking them to cover their faces with bandanas is akin to sending a soldier to the front lines in a T-shirt and flip-flops. I don't want talk. I don't want assurances. I want action. I want boxes of N95s piling up, donated from the people who hoarded them. I want non-clinical administrators in the hospital lining up in the ER, asking if they can stock shelves to make sure that when I need to rush into a room, the drawer of the PPE equipment I open is not empty. I want them showing up in the ER asking, how can I help, instead of offering shallow plans conceived by someone who has spent far too long in an ivory tower and not long enough in the trenches. I want billion-dollar companies like 3M halting all production of any product that is isn't a ppe to focus on ppe manufacturing something by the way that is just slowly starting to happen i want a company like amazon with its logistics mastery if it can drop a package at your door less than 24 hours after ordering it i want them halting its two-day delivery of 12 reams of toilet paper to whoever is willing to pay the most in order to help get it to get the available supply that we need distributed fast and efficiently in a manner that gets the materials to my brothers and sisters in arms on the front lines. I want Procter and Gamble and the makers of other soaps and detergents stepping up too. We need detergent to clean scrubs, hospital linens and gowns. We need disinfecting wipes to clean desk and computer services. What about plastics manufacturers? Plastic gowns aren't some high-tech device. They are long shirts made out of plastic. Get on it. Face shields are just clear plastic. Nitrile gloves, yeah, they're pretty much just gloves made from something that isn't apparently latex. Let's go. Money talks in this country. Executive millionaires, why don't you spend a few bucks to buy back some of these masks from the hoarders and drop them off at the nearest hospital? I love biotechnology and research, but we need to divert viral culture media for COVID testing and research. We need biotechnology manufacturing ready and able to ramp up if and when treatments or vaccines are developed. Our Botox supply is not critical, but our antibiotic supply is. We need to be able to make more plastic ET tubes, not more silicon breast implants. Let's see all that. Then we can all talk about how we played our part in this fight. Netflix and chill is not enough while my family, friends, and colleagues are out there fighting. Our country won two world wars because the entire country mobilized. We outproduced and we outmanufactured while our soldiers outfought the enemy. We need to do that again because make no mistake, we are at war. Healthcare workers are your soldiers, and the war has just begun. Okay? Yeah. And I have to tell you that that was written uh, five days ago, mm-hmm. and very little has changed. And because the president we have is refusing to use the, the, the powers he have to force these manufacturers to stop doing what they normally do and to turn their attention to this fight, we are rude and i i that's that's all i can say i know that I, that's why i said it was serious we have a caller caller hello
2: hello lynn hello susan hi, hi. can you hear me
1: hey yeah john
2: from greensburg Though are not currently residing in greensburg okay um, well you you're uh the missive you just read on air very apropos because I think the situation is going to be exa- exacerbated to the, uh, to the point of breaking our system entirely. If the, uh, imbecilic con man slash fucking crook, uh, who, uh, is in charge of the, uh, the band of kooks and grifters that we currently have running our nation gets his way, uh, and decides that, you know, the, uh, we're open American for business. Simply <laughs> yeah. it right, simply has to be open for business. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, the, I mean, we we can't let a pandemic, you know, uh, derail us for more than a week or two at at most. And you know, if if the the older among us and the more vulnerable among us and even quite a few among the otherwise healthy uh among us but just unlucky have to be sacrificed if a few tens of thousands have to be sacrificed, well, I mean, small price to pay for a, an uptick in the stock market and uh, ensuring Republican re-elections in the in the fall.
1: Well, we haven't, you um, know, we have not named this Texas lieutenant governor, who flat out said, right, yeah. that we should sacrifice old people. Old people want to die rather than lose their money. Old people should die so their grandchildren can have. Can have an economy back. And th- this is what Republicans are actually thinking. They they are. They're not kidding. The pro life party is yeah, now. Life. Yes, and the, the party. Values. Yes, and the party, by the way, who you'll recall warned darkly when, uh, when Obamacare was trotted out that there would be well, rationing health of health care and death panels. That now is what they are floating, and you know what? Don't think for a minute they won't do it.
2: Don't oh, they'll think. they'll absolutely do it. They'll absolutely do it, and they fool themselves into believing they'll do it while stopping abortion. Will,
1: yes. Yeah, they are... be
2: hit hard. Yeah. But what they're forgetting is that the virus spreads. Their communities, yes, they're less. They're they're far less populous. They're far less congested, Jeez. but guess what? They're older. They have a much weaker healthcare infrastructure. They have more health problems uh, among their residents, including cardiovascular
1: and respiratory problems, so they're more at risk. They, don't, they, are, they are unbelievable. I never knew humans could be as awful as these people. I, I couldn't believe Republicans could get worse. But they're showing themselves now to be truly fucking evil. Hey, John, I got to go because I got callers piling up behind you. Um, this is the new normal now. And uh, yeah, But but
2: but uh, believe me, you're going to see this messaging yeah. from all the Republican talking heads. All of I them know. are going to repeat the message. I know. All of them. They're, they're going to start talking about how, uh, well, poverty and economic des- devastation – it's too high a price to pay. Uh, right. More people would die of, uh, of deprivation than would die yeah. of the
1: virus. And you know why more people would die of deprivation? Because Republicans have kept us from having a social safety net Correct. where we can help yes. people. Yeah. So, unfucking believable Hey, thanks. Nice to hear from You're you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. We got callers. Hello. You're on.
3: Hey, Lynn, it's Mike in D.C.
1: Mike in D.C., hi.
3: So the problem with the analogy of the doctor that sent the letter that you just read is that those soldiers that were going into Chernobyl didn't know really what they were facing. These nurses and doctors know exactly what they're facing. That's right. And they have a union. Why isn't their union saying, we aren't coming to work tomorrow until we have those masks? And if the union did that, even though it's horrible to think that there are people in hospitals suffering, that's the only thing that's going to make
1: the change. Begging and pleading isn't going to work. I don't think many nurses and doctors are unionized. Some are, but I don't think they do. Very few. I mean, a doctor doctor takes an oath not to say things like that. Right. Doctors won't do it. And um, I... You know, and they are at greater risk than anybody. They are knee deep in this and we have failed them. And I say we because we allowed uh, our government to become what it is.
3: Uh, Begging and pleading is not going to make capitalism
1: do the right thing. No, obviously not.
3: They're going to have to at some point stand up and say, I'm not going to work unless I
1: have this protection. And then look at what the Republicans, Mitch McConnell and the fucking Republicans are doing with the stimulus package. They still are seeing it as a way to get money to the rich. That's all that See, matters to them. God. That's
3: all that matters to them. We are expendable, just like in the AIDS crisis. We are expendable. And I'm sorry, but act up. Well, you know me what? You call that. This, you can't right? beg
1: and plead. You called this because you said early on, we've been through this before, maybe not you, but I have, the AIDS, the AIDS epidemic, when the government did not do a thing. Let them die. It ain't us. And now we're seeing it again.
3: And how long will it take the larger society to lay down in the streets, which is what we literally did? To stop this insanity?
1: Well, here's my problem. And this comes from a guy named Bill Falk. Americans have always viewed a communitarian ethos. You know, we're all in this together (laughs) with ambivalence. Our founding ideals are rooted in a rebellion against authority and duty and reverence for individual liberty. Epidemics have a way of revealing underlying truths about the society, and this one has caught us in a moment of profound weakness. Faith in science, government, media, and all our institutions has eroded badly. And I will say this because, again, of Republic, a Republican agenda, and we are deeply divided Viewing each other as enemies, not countrymen. The coronavirus cares obviously nothing about these distinctions. It is a reminder that our ethos of individual liberty and our separateness is an illusion. But you can't change that. It's baked in the bones and blood of way too many Americans. And you see them. You see these people who just. Won't stop doing the wrong thing we're uh, they're gonna kill us. Uh, I guess that was depressing <laughs>
3: no, it's truth
1: no you're speaking, you're speaking yeah. truth it has yeah. to be said, yeah.
3: yeah, and the death tolls are coming,
1: oh my God, everybody's trying to warn us. I gotta tell you, even the surgeon general who' is seems, you know, quite up to it, is saying these numbers in the next few weeks, guys, we're going to look, we're going to surpass Italy. We are going to be number one. And God help us. Now's
3: the time for those doctors and nurses to say, nope, not going in. And if enough nurses did that, you wait and see how quickly 3M changed their production to make the correct masks. Not the ones they can sell at the Safeway, wait and see yeah begging begging um corporations to do the right thing does but- not work,
1: yeah, action act up, people act up, thank you, Mike. Be sure. well for the bye. reminder, thank you, okay, bye um, I think we have another caller caller, hello, hello, this
4: is Hi, ladies. It's Ray from Lawrenceville. How are you? Hi, Ray. Hey, um, there's so many things. But <laughs> m- most importantly, um, it, we have to understand what it takes to do what we're demanding we've done.
1: Now, I know we, you, yeah, you said talking... this before because you know but, how factories work. and But did people, I mean, come on. We got to do Lynn, it.
4: Let me tell you this, Lynn. I, God bless the, the the Governor Wolf, he's doing the best he can. We are shut down. We make the machines Procter & Gamble uses to ramp up. We make the machines Kimberly Clark uses to make uh, masks. We can't open. We have not yet got our waiver. We well, as soon well, as, listen,
1: so as soon as they figure uh, out that the supply chain requires other manufacturing to open up, they'll open it up, won't they? When? When? When?
4: I'm, I'm, stuck in here. Not, I'm stuck in here. I'm violating the law. But I have stuff I have to get done because we know once once we open up, if we open up again, out it goes. Because we've got letters from chemical plants, from uh, manufacturing, from pharmaceuticals, where's our equipment? I can't ship it. It's you know, against the law. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to say, it's not easy to say, and I understand, and I appreciate and emphasize, we need masks. Why don't we turn Ford into a mask-making machine? Well, you have to make the machines to make the stuff. Let us do our work. We're willing to come out here and risk our lives and and our lives on the family because, you know, we're the old boomer welders and fitters and such. We'll do it. We'll do it. Let us. We'll do it.
1: Do you know how many old women who know how to sew <laughs> and uh, other people what, who know what, how to sew What, what, would what get, will be, you sew? What, what well, because sew?
4: The, those, the, those suits that you see I'm wearing, that's not cloth. That is literally not cloth. That is non-woven polymers. Those masks you wear, they're not cotton. <laughs> they're not. And no, these are all plastics and polymers and resins uh, you know it needs seven hundred degrees to to manufacture.
3: Yeah.
4: Well I'll well, sum a, it up. Listen I wish that someone would create an app to argue with, because I'm I'm I, <laughs> I, I haven't had a good argument and I wish and I, I know what to do. Well but there isn't a good
1: out. argument. Here's we don't have a functional government with yes. the expert in place that understand what you are saying, and the fact that that's where we are is the problem. We need, but, 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 this is the argument for needing a strong and competent central government.
4: Yes, Susan, that, but that's a tragedy. I thought, I, I'm talking about an argument over whether a baseball war is worth, worth a statistic, you know, something meaningless. You know, like a couple of dogs barking at each other across a fence. That's what I do. You
1: know, yeah, yeah. Well,
4: normal. Yeah. Hey, listen. But here's an idea. Uh, uh, Rosetta Stone on your phone. They have it's free for a certain number of lessons. Duolingo. Think, uh, p- pick a language. Some and just occupy your brain. I'm I'm loving it. I, I'm going back to revisit the Irish, and I'm arguing with the, the Duolingo over pronunciation. or uh, Rosetta Stone over pronunciation.
1: Wait a minute, so you're, you're learning, or you do speak Irish? I think, I have a couple words on it,
4: and, I, and I, I get to sit there in the middle of the night, my wife shaking her head, I'm yelling at a computer. <laughs> out what I
1: said,
4: I, that's what I said, that's not how you say that. It's fun. Even you know, most of the it.
1: Irish don't speak Irish. Oh,
4: well, uh, it's the official language of Ireland. The problem is you have
1: Pronunciations differ from region to region. So well, they do They, they do in any country, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is it called I mean, Irish I mean, it or Gaelic? What's it called? Gaelic, uh, Gaelic means Irish in Irish. Okay. Irish. Okay. Okay. So it's Gaelic. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. It's Irish. You speak Irish. Yeah. Well, God yeah. knows That's you're listening. Irish because, uh, by the way, I watched that video, the black and tan thing you sent me. Good God oh, almighty.
4: Could you be more angry at the end of that?
1: No, it's pretty hard to watch.
4: It's hard to watch.
1: It's hard to. Watch. Yeah, I'm going to don't worry. I'll I'll hate the Brits too before it's over.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, just the English.
1: <laughs> Ray, thank you. Hey, listen, thank you ladies for being there, all right? Yeah, thank you. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. You know, one of the things Susan that is um I'm grateful that I'm. I'm not is a mother with two or three little children at home. Right. I Just- I can't imagine how exhausting uh, that is. And imagine you're the mother and you also actually are working from home. Well, how about if you're um. A father and a mother in your own. Well, right. No, the same, but mostly, I'm sorry, in most households, the mother seems to take on most of the stuff, but yeah. Right, a parent, let's just say that. I mean, Trudeau's wife has the virus, and he's... Yeah, he's parenting. he's, He's parenting. And trying to run a country. Right. Yeah. But there again, I still think they've got more resources. I'm thinking of the maybe even a single mother who is already overwhelmed who's now now doesn't have money coming in. What the? I mean, I I guess in times when I'm feeling sorry for myself or like stressed out, I try to imagine the stress for uh, others and and what they have to deal with. Oh, yeah. This is tough times. It is. Yeah. It is and and you know and and i am uh I wake up every morning now that I'm where I need to be, and just uh, am grateful that the worst that happens is that I have to be in a house with our mother mm-hmm. and nobody else <laughs> yeah. well, it's a big house, Susan, it is a big house, and a yeah, dog can... and we take walks, and you know uh-huh. and I am, and here's what I am, I am grateful. Uh You know, I can give her a hug. You know, we can crack jokes. We can uh, roll our eyeballs at each other. You know, it's okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're there. I really, really am. You know, our brother said to me uh, about a week ago, something that I didn't even comprehend. And he wasn't able to make the point uh, because he just said it. And, And he said, you know, this virus is not alive, right, and I said, "Well, how the hell can it be alive It's replicating it's how do you mean it's not alive? Well, I finally found, and it's an impossible scientific thing but um yeah it's not tech- it's not technically not alive it's not technically alive it's no, it some it creates a chemical reaction That's right it, it is said. a it is a bundle here's what somebody said it is a packet. Of genetic material surrounded by a protein shell with spikes on it and it leads a zombie-like existence it's barely considered a living organism but as soon as it gets into one of us within I mean a snap of a finger it hijacks our cells and creates millions more versions of itself. Um, so this is like it is like fucking you know bacteria is alive, right? Right. This thing is is not. Um, well, that's why hand washing works because it melts that uh, it literally melts that outside uh, part and the more foam by the way the better and the, and that's one of the reasons that you're washing longer to create more lather it's the lather actually that is killing uh, that stuff okay so i mean and, and it's and it really that's what it is you're simply melting that layer off that, that that little one and that little layer that surrounds it with the spikes on it is um is 1/1000th one, one The width of an eyelash. I remember someone once telling me, some professor, that humans never understand who their biggest enemy is. It's always the enemies they can't see. It's these little teeny-weeny microscopic things that'll take us down. So um, this one guy who's a Cornell professor of virology says he describes a virus as being uh, something between chemistry and biology. It switches between being alive and not alive. God, so that's what it is. And uh, gotta tell you, I think I mentioned before that soap, a soap molecule has, has these little tails, actually long tails on it. And those tails are the things that pierce the, the, the membrane of, of the virus. So you get those little tails and get them working, seriously. Um, that's how they break through. And I want to remind everybody again that this program is part of uh, Pittsburgh City Paper and Pittsburgh City Paper. I think it was the Washington Post did another story today about how papers like City Paper all over the country are going down uh, for lack of advertising. And uh, if you want City Paper to stay alive and consequently me, to stay alive on this show, will you please go to their website pghcitypaper.com and become a sustaining member, like you would for you know NPR. It can be as little as you know a dollar a month. Uh, every little bit will help. I want to thank one of you in particular, who uh, Lisa Cunningham, our editor, told me about. After our plea yesterday, um, Mary, uh, who who gave City Paper $500 yesterday, it brought Lisa to tears. And um, I thank you very, 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 very much. Well, dang it. Dog's done with his peanut butter bone and... He's not he's not banging it against his metal bowl. <laughs> no, it's not a metal bowl. He drops it on the wood floor it's my it's a way of getting attention. you know he Sorry. just keeps dropping it or he sits on the couch and drops it off onto the floor. <laughs> by the way, my floor is being dented by this, but <laughs> these things are not important so nope. okay, Sue, thank you for this. Yeah, okay. Give mom I a hug for me. I I will. I will. <laughs> we'll talk soon. Okay. Okay. And guys, thank you. Yeah, and be well, everyone. Yeah. And I'll be back tomorrow. Stay safe.
0: Lynn <laughs> Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at